0: Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to preach a message entitled, In Closing. I've always wanted to do that all my life, and God has given me the message, In Closing. And uh, I close and close and close, I love to close, I stole that from Jack Howells, but um, I do love to close because I think that's the most important part of the message. Somebody told me in letter writing in business school that the P.S., was the most important part of a letter because that's all some people ever read is the P.S. I will not call this the P.S. of Hebrews but I'm going to tell you something. It wraps it up and it also sums it up on what Hebrews is all about. It's about a better way. A be- Hey, listen. We don't go back to the substances or the shadows. We go to the substance of the Calvary, cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, the grace of God. And he ends this message He just said, obey them that have rule over you. And I preached on uh, spiritual leadership this morning and enjoyed doing it. But uh, he begins his benediction, his closing, um, with um, humble prayer requests. Paul's saying, pray for us. He's probably in jail, and so is Timothy. And they're both saying, we need your prayers, but we believe in your prayers. So thank God that uh, he had enough confidence in these Hebrews to uh, ask them to pray for him. Let's stand on the word of God. We'll begin with verse 18 and close out the book. It says, pray for us for we trust we have uh, a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. Uh, Nothing like a good testimony. But I beseech you to the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner." He wanted to come back to them and help them and be their pastor for a while. And now the God of peace, you ought to underline that and circle it. The God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work. In other words, grow up to do his will, working in you, that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Then he closes again and says, And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. For I have written a letter unto you in few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he will come shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you. Third time he mentioned that in this chapter. And all the saints, they of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this closing, this chapter. Uh, God, this book on better things, a better tabernacle, a better sacrifice. Lord, thank you, dear God for a better high priest, you, the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever lives to make intercession for us. Lord, we know it's all because of your grace, not law, that we can grow and be mature and serve you with peace on our hearts. So Lord, please help us. Thank you for Chase. I pray God you bless him and help him raise the funds that he needs to um, not only go to South Africa on the 31st, but... Lord, to go to Peru for six months and be on the mission field and train and learn firsthand as he already has for years. But God, we thank you for his training. Thank you that he wants to train. Thank you that he, this young man wants to give his life uh, for the missions of reaching souls around the world. And Lord, I pray that you bless him. Use this sermon now. Use this message to increase our faith and to encourage us to be faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we see that the Apostle Paul, and I believe he wrote the letter with no doubt because of even this ending and his association with Timothy, that he has grace and peace in most epistles that he starts, and then he ends this with grace be unto you all. And we see, first of all, if we're going to close out in our life right, and if we're going to be effective for God, we need prayers of the church. Prayers of the church. Uh, often, uh, the Apostle Paul ended his his um, uh, books with a prayer request. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter six. You know it very well. Put on the whole armor of God, and then at the end of that uh, beautiful uh, display of the armor of God—from the helmet of salvation to being shod with the feet uh, the with the gospel of peace. Uh, girded up with the loins of truth, uh, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, sword of the Spirit. I mean, what a picture that we have of the full armor of God, but the way to put that armor on and the way to apply that armor is found in verse 18. He says, praying always, Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching Thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There's a lot of alls in that verse, but folks, I want you to notice that um, if you don't have the Spirit of God, you can't pray. And the Spirit of God is your escort. Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-six says He escorts us into the presence of God. That's why, if you if you have sin in your heart, uh, if you regard iniquity in your heart, He will not hear you. Uh, Isaiah, uh, excuse me, Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. Um, Isaiah says that uh, our sins become become between us and God and that He hadn't moved, but we've moved. And so we see that we need to pray always and have all prayers and supplication in the Spirit. But notice this. He said, for all saints. You know, the, the great part of being on the army of God is we support each other through prayer. Look at verse 19. What was he praying for? Here's the key. And for me, here's a prayer request. I have a prayer request. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, <clears throat> that I may open my mouth boldly. That's what we need to pray for is boldness, to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds. Now, he's in jail again. Most of his ministry is a jail ministry, in jail. And here he is praying for, not to get released, and not from, uh, for just uh, the comforts of physical uh, part of his life. He's praying for utterance. He's praying for an opportunity. He's already seen uh, by, by just looking at the person he's chained to, a soldier, uh, a, a great picture putting on the whole armor of God. And so <clears throat> we need to pray for each other because we're in a warfare. You might not realize this or not, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. It's not getting easier to serve God. But I'll tell you what, we got a lot, of, got a, a lot easier than Paul had it. Last time I checked, I hadn't been in jail for preaching the gospel. I haven't been in bonds. I haven't been uh, uh, stoned five times. I hadn't been shipwrecked. I hadn't been deserted by my own people as he had and as he describes in 1 Corinthians. But thank God, friend, we need just as much as Paul to pray for one another. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, I don't know why I keep going back to First Thessalonians, I guess because I'm in that on Wednesday night and enjoying every bit of it, even though we had a record low attendance this past Wednesday, I believe we had a record high attendance online, amen, I believe 22 families was watching, that's a record for us I think on Wednesday night, so I thank God for all of you that uh, um, tuned in, but First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, And I believe it's uh, verse 25. It says, brethren, pray for us. I mean, he's closing the book out. In closing, please pray for me. The greatest thing you could ever do for your preacher or for these missionaries is pray. Now, You think it's give money. We'll do that too. But I want to tell you something. Without prayer, the Underwoods won't make it. Without prayer, Brother Chase won't make it. Without prayer, uh, Mark and Amy won't make it. Folks, we've got to keep the air support up. There is a warfare, and the Bible tells us that we need to pray for utterance that the gospel will get out. Uh, Brother Steve will not make it in all these prisons uh, without prayer. Uh, There's some hard hearts behind those bars, and there's some people that are not interested, but I want to tell you something. Prayer can break a heart. Prayer can prepare the heart. Uh, Prayer can pave the way to the heart. Amen? Amen. And after you pray, lead the gospel, it keeps on working on the heart. Amen? This is an eternal ministry we're talking about. And how dare we not solicit everyone to pray for us in 2 uh, Thessalonians chapter 3. Y'all, y'all already there if you're looking on the outline. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says this, Finally, brethren, pray for us. He said, In closing... Pray for us, folks, if, uh, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Isn't that great? The word's not bound. He said, hey, listen, no matter what we're going through, I'm in jail, and most of us would be uh, praying to get out, amen, or praying for a, a blanket or something or maybe a decent meal. But here he's praying for the word of God to have free course. Thank God. But he's also saying, pray for me. And so if the Apostle Paul needed the church to pray for him, how much more do I need you to pray for me? And how much more do these missionaries need prayer for them? We ought to have a prayer list and use it. We ought to pray for one another. Amen? All the time, every day, uh, day in and day out. Not only for his sheep, but for himself. He was a humble servant of God, and he said, I trust I have a good conscience towards you. What he was saying is, hey, I've tried to live right. I've tried to keep my testimony pure. And I've tried to live honestly. That's a good man of God. And he said, I'm not asking selfishly. I'm just asking you to pray. And I want to tell you what's a a compliment in this closing paragraph. He said, I believe God will answer. I want to ask you the same question. You believe God will answer? Do you think it does any good to come to the prayer meeting? Do you think it does any good to pray every day? Uh, most of the time, uh, the most we pray is, Lord, thank you for this food, amen, amen, and sometimes we don't even mean that, amen, I'll never get the time that I was in that car and we was going on a trip, and um, uh, got halfway to the driveway, and one of the kids, I think it was uh, Amy, it might have been Stephanie, uh, the boys were fighting, so I don't think they were. They requested this prayer, <laughs> and uh, they, I, they said, Daddy, we haven't prayed, man, I, I screeched to a halt before I got to the to the Sunset Drive, my back wheels are probably in Sunset Drive, and I said, "Let's pray." And I said, "Lord, thank you for this food that we're about to eat." <laughs> I wasn't praying, and then they all started. <laughs> he's praying for the food. I said, well, "We're going to stop somewhere, aren't we?" <laughs> I tried to try to get out of it. Amen. And I wasn't praying; I was just trying to get them off my back, you know. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Sometimes we pray and we don't pray. We need to pray unto God. I have a message on how to really pray. And, folks, we need to talk to God and we need to believe that God is a God answering prayer. I mean, he, that he, He'll answer prayer and that, he, that He's going to do great things. And the Bible says in James 4 2, we have not because we ask not. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, keep on knocking, keep on seeking, and you will find. And God will open the doors. Amen. And John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And, folks, you'll never uh, ask. Your will, you'll ask His will if you're abiding. That's part of abiding. Uh, you're so connected to God that you have His mind, you have His heart, you have His heartbeat. So, first of all, in closing, pray for me. In close, I hope it's not my closing message. Uh, in closing, Paul was saying, "I need your prayer." I just wrote this brief message on uh, connecting the Old Testament with the New Testament connecting law with the grace and that you're saved by grace, stained by grace, empowered by grace, and don't go back to the law. That's what the whole book's about. And he said, pray for me. Then I want you to see the pronouncement in this closing prayer. Uh, Folks, here's the key. Verse 20, he said, but I beseech you, or verse 19, I beseech you rather to this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. He said, if you'll pray for me that I'll get out of this jail, out of this prison, I will come to you and I'll be there sooner than later because I believe God's going to answer your prayer and set me free to help you, to be an encouragement to you. He wasn't praying selfishly. He was praying for God to use him to continue to help the Hebrews stay straight, stay right, because he's their guardian. He had the rule over them, but he said, Thank God I'm going to give account at the judgment seat of Christ on how you live. And so I must come check on you, and I must pastor you. But look at verse 20. The, pronoun- the pronunciation or the pronouncement of the in this in this in this prayer. He says, Now, the God of peace, the God of peace. I want you to underline that in your soul this, tonight. He's the God of peace. You know, this world has fallen to pieces. This world has no peace. Uh, I love I love when I think about this, uh, when he was going away, when he was going to the cross, his last message, he gave the disciples something that was so precious. I want you to look at it. John 14, 27. John 14, 27. The Bible says, in closing, he's about to close out his life as far as being with them. He's about to be uh, crucified and three days later up from the grave he arises and 40 days later he ascends to heaven and he ever liveth to pray for us but in John 14 7, he bequeaths us something that's so wonderful and his disciples needed this desperately he said in verse 27 peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your hearts be troubled neither let it be afraid Now, folks, we need that verse today. Amen? I mean, I'm I'm telling you the truth. I was thinking this afternoon as I was praying about this message and um, that we need peace that the world cannot give. I'm telling you, friend, I don't care who's president, who's senator, and I'm praying for the right people to get in on January 5th uh, desperately. We need somebody to block the liberals. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. I don't get peace from them. And I don't get peace from anybody else. I get peace from God. And God's Word and God's Spirit is a spirit of peace. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, He knew what they were going to face. Most of these disciples that were at His feet right before the crucifixion betrayed Him. uh, And and they forsook Him. But He knew they'd come back after the resurrection. And when they came back, they would be witnesses And, folks, the word witness is where we get the word martyr. They were going to give their life for Christ. And he said, don't be afraid. You're going to go to jail. Don't be afraid. You're going to lose your family. Don't be afraid. And, folks, I want to tell you something. He left them something precious. He left them his peace. The peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Folks, we have peace with God. And folks, only by the grace of God can you have peace. I want you to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Just for a moment. Romans chapter 5. And you know the chapter. It's one of the greatest chapters in the Word of God. In Verse 1, it says this. Therefore, being justified. That's what Chase is preaching on. We're not. There's no more condemnation, but we're justified. Just if I'd never sinned, and as though I've always been righteous. That's a miracle. It's called salvation. You ought to have the peace with God, because before you were saved, you were an alien from God. You were an enemy of the cross, and God reconciled you by His blood. Isn't that wonderful? It says, therefore, being justified... By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through the shadows, not through the temple worship, not through the tabernacle, not through uh, animal sacrifice. They were all going back to that in he, the Hebrews word. He said, we're, we're justified. Uh, we have grace. But we have peace. That's why I believe he started every epistle with grace and peace in that order. You'll never have peace until you have grace. And I want to tell you something, friend. We as Christians should have more peace than the lost world. Amen. And some Christians are nervous wrecks. Some Christians are total, full of fear. Uh, They're just paralyzed by it. I believe we ought to be cautious. Don't get me wrong. But I want to tell you something, friend. In Christ, we find love, mercy, grace, redemption, righteousness, holiness, purity, and joy unspeakable because we're right with God. And folks, we're going to heaven. Amen. Think about that. I was leaving Brother Henderson's bedside yesterday, and um, he was delusional and he wasn't, you know, didn't know exactly what was happening. And I was trying to walk out the door and I kept talking to uh, Debbie and, and, and Leslie and others and, and, he, and he woke back up and he looked at me and he says, Brother Wayne, do you need anything? I said, no. I'm just trying to find the door. Amen. Uh, I don't need a thing. And he said, you sure you don't need anything? And then he whispered to his wife and give him anything he wants. I said, glory to God. Anything I want. And he was, he meant it. He would have probably gave me every book in his library and I want him to give them to his young preachers. He's, he's taught and trained. But he uh, was so gracious. There was a peace there. Even though he's suffering, there's a peace during suffering. For a man of God that finishes right. And I'm gonna tell you something. He's finishing right. He has got a spirit of forgiveness and love and uh respect for anyone that walks in there. I thought about this afternoon, one of my dear friends, Brother Frank Lassender. He will talk more than his cousin. This is he your cousin? He's your uncle, okay. He can talk more than Joanne Jones, amen? I mean, he can talk. You get a you get a, 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 a chainsaw sharpened, if you put it on right, Brother Alex, you need it sharpened, amen? We found that out, didn't we? Uh, he will talk to you on every little plug that he sharpened. Pump, 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 pump. And you know what? Most of the time he was talking about his wife and how he'd been married 65 years. It might be 66, 67 now. She passed away this morning in the nursing home. And I thought about this dear man of God that's not only a sharpener of blades, but praise God, a preacher of the gospel, a good member of Eleventh Avenue Baptist Church, how he's going to have to draw upon the peace of God because every day he went up to that nursing home before this pandemic started, and he ministered to his wife. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. When you lose a loved one, you got you got to find the peace of God. When you go through tragedy, you got to find the peace of God. And so Paul was saying this: I'm in jail. I hope to come to you soon. They put they put Timothy in jail in Rome, and I if we both get out, we're coming back to you. But I want to tell you something before we come back to you. I'm praying to the God of peace. Let that sink into your soul, man. I'm praying to the God of peace. What what a title! I'm praying to the God that's redeemed me. The God that has sealed me. The God that leads me. The God who'll never leave or forsake me. And then he's praying to the God of power. Look at this. Um, he says, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, I want to tell you something. The power of the resurrection abides in you. If You'll read another portion of scripture that Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter three and, and Ephesians chapter one. Excuse me. Uh, yes, um, you'll 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 see um, uh, great prayers. They're prayers about power, and he said it, uh, that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above that all that we ask to think. I think that's chapter three verse twenty. Amen. And, and if you'll look over there at that passage. He says, I'll tell you what kind of power it, this exceeding abundant power is, if I can find it. Um, he, said, he said this. He said in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in it, work us, unto him be the glory and the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. But if you back up to chapter 1, he's got another prayer. And he says this. He says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? I mean, I love the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. You go back to Ephesians 1, uh, 18 and he, 19, he asks this question. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the work of his mighty power? Look at verse 20. He said, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principalities and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, but only in the world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Let me just say he's a God of power. What kind of power do you have? You have the power that raised him from the dead. You have the power of the Holy Ghost. You have a mighty power. And so, folks, don't say you can't say you won't live for God. Don't say you can't find the peace of God. Say you won't draw from the peace of God. So we have peace with God and we have peace of God, and it's all because of the power of God. Amen? The resurrection is God's peace which we possess and enjoy is direct results of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and the ascension. I love that song choir, and maybe we get a tape of it, and y'all, 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 we can hear it again. But he's still on the throne. Very simple. What could be wrong? He's still on the throne, and folks, that gives me peace to know that God is still in control. Amen. There's some people that are absolutely. Falling apart because of this election. Whether it was stolen or whatever, I ain't getting into that. I ain't got time to preach that. But I know one thing. If you put all your trust in government and politics, you're going to be very disappointed. If you'll put your trust in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he don't have to go through no election. Praise God. And he is on the throne uh, no matter what. And he's still on the throne because his blood cleanses from all sin. And so he's saying, the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen at this. He said, that great shepherd of sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Folks, he's closing, so he might as well just throw in the greatest uh, doctrine in the, in the Bible, and that's the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. If You want to see a crimson cord through Genesis to Revelation? It's the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Through his blood, he satisfied God, fulfilled the law of God, paid the debt of sin in full. God put his stamp of that divine approval on the work of Jesus by raising him from the dead. He says, you want to know if the blood's enough? I'm raising him up because nobody else has been raised from the dead and I'm receding, I'm stamping my approval on the finished work of the cross of Calvary. Folks, now he's sitting on the right hand of God in majesty on the throne of grace and mercy, and he's making intercession for us as the high priest. It's such a shame that some people call themselves high priest on this earth. The mediator. There's only one between us and God. And the propitiation for our sins. That means he satisfied God's justice. Folks, in closing, he said, I'm praying to the great shepherd." Now, there's many under-shepherds to watch for your soul and and to keep you from the pitfalls of Satan and redirect you and help you and and stop you and stay you. Ever been stayed by the Holy Spirit? You couldn't go there? It might have been the Holy Ghost protecting you. And there's no greater love than a shepherd lay down his life for the sheep. And the great shepherd's done that. No under-shepherd has done that. And then it's all because of His blood. We're purified. Praise God, we are sanctified. We are saved, saved, saved because of the everlasting covenant of the blood. Look at the last two words, everlasting covenant. Folks, that's not a covenant between God and man. That was a covenant between God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And that covenant can never be broken. And that covenant will never fail. And now He's perfecting us. Look at verse 21. It says, make you perfect in every good work to do His will. I want to tell you something, friend. The greatest thing that a preacher could pray for you and you could pray for the preacher is that we'd stay in God's perfect will and that we'd be mature while we're in the work of God and that we'd do it for the right motive and that we'd be well-pleasing to God. His final exhortation, here it is, Just please, God. Just please, God. Look at verse 21. Make you perfect in every good work. That means mature to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The ultimate goal of all men is to please God. Revelation 4.11 says, All things were and are created for His pleasure. And folks, we're all created for His glory. And folks, we're well-pleasing in His sight, then we're glorifying God. We need to stop worrying about everybody else's sight and trying to please everybody else. We need to please God. I want to ask you a question. In closing, is your life pleasing God? Does your priorities please God? I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't please God when you have the wrong priorities. God gives you health to work, and you put that job before God, that's not pleasing to God. It doesn't please God for you to stay home and pout and worry and be fearful and uh, be be afraid to uh, to be a witness during the week. Folks, it's well-pleasing to God and for His glory is that you grow up and that you mature and that you realize you don't have to go back to the shadows, but you have the substance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he closes, number fourthly, uh, Brother Cody, by just praising God. That's a good way to close anything. And you know something? It's a good way to close your life. Amen? Uh, I'll tell you what, just uh, spend a little time with Brother Henderson and spending time with many, many people that's on the last mile of the way how refreshing and how wonderful it is when they start praising God. They don't start regrets and fussing and fighting and panicking because they know where they're going. And they know that God's used their life. What a wonderful closing to this book. He said, well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, not through religion but through a relationship with Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. All the Hebrews said, that's the end of the letter. And then he he goes on about three more verses. Amen. That's scriptural. Jesus Christ is alone, the one that's worthy of praise and honor and adoration and glory. It's not just Thanksgiving. It's every day of your life. You ought to thank God. You ought to glorify God. By glorifying Him, you ought to bless His holy name in song and prayer and daily living, in preaching and service, whatever you can do for God. You ought to yield your life as a vessel of honor and glory to His name. Time's running out. We must be yielded. That's the key word yielded to the Spirit of God and blessed by His holy name and be. Wise enough to realize it's not you, but it's him, if anything gets done. And then he closes again. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. For I have written a letter unto you in few words. So this has been a brief one. Only 13 chapters. And You know what suffer means? It means allow it. And folks, it means endure. It means plead. He was pleading for one thing, attention and attentiveness to the message of this brief letter. Like a preacher that pleads for his sheep to pay attention. Folks, it's a matter of life or death that you pay attention. It might be brief, it might be a matter of life or death to be submissive and have an ear. My sheep hear my voice, he said. Have an ear for the word of God. I'm gonna tell you something. You're in danger. You're in big danger if you're losing your appetite for the Word of God. They say that when you get this COVID stuff, the first thing goes is your taste. That would be that would be terrible, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I'm I'm really worried about dying of being overweight during this uh, pandemic because all I've done is eat. Uh, when I finished lunch, I asked, "What's for supper?" Amen. And I, I, if I have to, I'm gonna find a vanilla wafer or something. I'm gonna eat something sweet after every meal. Amen. I mean, that's discipline. Amen. But I want to say this, friend, is that when you lose your appetite for the things of God, you're in trouble. Hey, when you lose your appetite for the congregation of God, you're in trouble. And when you lose your appetite for prayer, and you lose your appetite for good singing or singing wherever you're from, uh, you're in trouble. Folks, listen, you need to slap yourself spiritually if you're losing your desire for God. He gives you an appetite, develop it. Amen? Uh, Get all the salt you can to get some flavor. But thanks be to God, friend, it's a genuine heart, soul, exhortation. Pay attention to what I just wrote and heed to it, obey it, Uh, even uh, have respect for those that preach it to you. Because then he said, the letter's been short. And then, verse 23, we see the parting, the plan, the plan before the parting. He said, Know ye that our brother Timothy has set at liberty, with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. His own son in the ministry is in jail. Timothy and Paul had been imprisoned for the fate. What have you done for Christ? What have you lost for Christ? What have you suffered? Folks, he said, uh, just just be attentive to the word of God, uh, to the word of exhortation. Don't get discouraged. Have the peace of God. Pray for each other and be faithful. And then he closes. He closes. And the third time he says it, and I don't know exactly why. I'll ask you when I get to heaven. But he says, salute all them that have the rule over you. Third time in this chapter. He said in verse 7, follow their faith. Not their personality, their faith. And he said, and all the saints, they at Italy salute you. They were probably in prison in Rome. And folks, he gives them a personal, again, closing. He said, grace be with you all. Amen. You're saved by grace. You're sustained by grace. His grace is sufficient. And folks, I want to tell you something. These folks were going back to the law. What an insult to grace. It's like sloshing through the blood of Jesus at the foot of the cross and ignoring the Lamb. And folks, it's grace that we have to bear our cross. It's grace that we have to walk, run, even fight the good fight of faith. It's grace, and He says it and closes out with it. I wrote this letter. Tell you not to go back to the law not to go back to the types, not to go back to the shadows, not to go back to the lesser things like uh, high priest worship and man worship and temple worship and sacrifice worship because the grace of God is enough. I thank God for the amazing grace of God. You might not need it tonight, but you might need it tomorrow. You might need it when you get the news that you're a uh, sweetheart of 65 years has went on to be with the Lord. and You can't go to the nursing home and even look in the window to see her face. You might not need it today, but you might need it tomorrow. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need to praise God not for His law. We need to praise God for His grace. In closing, the grace of God is enough. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this book. I've enjoyed chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 13 so very much it's helped me get through these last 11 months it's helped me uh, in a very special way to be a man of faith and not fear lord i believe in all the precautions and i respect all those that are being cautious but god i thank you that we can trust you during this time to give us peace Peace that passes understanding. Peace that gets us through the valley because you're the God of peace. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Cut it short tonight because that's all the closing I can do. But I want to tell you this, friend. If you only get anything out of this message and you get this one phrase, He's the God of peace, it'll help you. He'll help you. And it's all because of the grace of God. It's grace and then it's peace. Read the first chapters of Paul's epistles. He'll always greet him with grace and peace. May we be full of God's grace and may ev- the evidence be the peace of God in our soul. With every head bowed, every eye closed, how me and say, preacher, I've been saved by the grace of God. And I know if I died today, and you're not sure you won't, I know I'd go to heaven because I've accepted the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony that you're saved by grace? How many glad you're saved say amen? amen? I think that's everybody, but there might be somebody that's not saved. and You'd say, preacher, I'm not saved. At two this morning, raise their hand that they wanted to be saved. Maybe you'd like to say tonight, I sure need to be saved. I sure need the Lord. I sure need grace, and I need peace. And I can't find it in this world because it's not of this world. It's out of this world. It's a peace that passes understanding. You say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I sure would like to be. Pray for me. Anyone? just Slip your hand up? I'll do the most I can do for you. Pray for you. Have me say, Preacher, I'm saved, but I need more peace. I'll just be honest with you. I need more peace. I need more grace. To go on through the trials and tribulations. Some of you testified wonderfully the last couple of weeks about how God has been sufficient. And God has blessed you. And by the blessings of God, you praise God for all His blessings. And it's been such a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere around here of praise. You can almost sense the presence of God, couldn't you? Because He inhabits the praise of His people. Maybe some of you need to draw upon God's grace more. Draw upon God's peace more. And you'd say, Preacher, please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer so I can remember you in my closed prayer? God bless you and you. God bless you and you. Some of you live in some difficult situations. You got a mate that won't come to church. That's a difficult situation, that's a lonely situation. God's grace is sufficient. You got children. Now the will of God. That's a very difficult situation. I can't imagine the heartbreak. I can't imagine. it. Some of you have gone through tragedies lately. You lost a loved one. Brother Frank has. Like the Brown family. I mean, they were just going through the routine of a day and they get a call that the window's broken. There's been a shot fired and your son is dead. A friend of mine... I'd need the grace of God during that time. How about you? How many say, Preacher, I know I need the grace of God more, and I know I need to yield to the grace of God more, but I just need the peace of God on my soul. I want you to pray for me that I'd have that peace. That's a humble prayer request, but I feel led to give it. You say, I just need more peace. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer, anyone? God bless you, sir. God bless you ma'am. anybody else saying "I, I just need more peace about our country about the state it's in I need more peace about my family it just seems to be going the wrong direction God bless you and you anybody else anybody else yes sir I see that hand I see that hand folks it breaks our heart don't it we ought to be burdened but we shouldn't get so burdened down that we quit that we panic that we pout, that we forget that we have prayer to a God of power, a God of peace available to us. Father, thank You for this wonderful study of Hebrews 11, 12, and 13. Not because I preached it, but because Your Word is so powerful. Even Your closing, even the salutation, even the benediction is so powerful. And so Lord, dear God, help us to draw upon Your grace and peace tonight. And forgive us sometimes for being one that falls apart, that looks to the world, looks to the wife or the husband, or looks to somebody else for peace. God, give us a peace that overfloweth. We'll thank You and praise You for the chance to be a testimony that You're a God of peace. To a world that's fallen apart in Jesus name we pray Amen